Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg's record of fighting crime, or lack thereof, was showcased during a very emotional congressional field hearing recently in Manhattan, which was led by Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. So how bad is crime in the Big Apple and also in other major U.S. cities? And where is the Bragg case headed vis-a-vis President Trump? Well, joining us on all of these things is the former Trump special assistant, also a former GOP candidate for governor of New York. We love him, Andrew Giuliani. Great to have you here, Andrew. Uh, Rita, it's always great to be here with you. And, And, you know, as I think about this, the sad thing, the sad overlying thing about all of this is that it's not about the truth, it's not about justice, and it's not about the law. Unfortunately, this is all about politics, which is truly the exact opposite of what we wanted when you think about our separation of powers uh, between our judicial system and and our political system. You know, you're really correct, because there were so many political barbs that were thrown at that hearing. And what's stunning is here were victims of crime being very emotional, very passionate, talking about deeply personal, heartfelt um, and heartbreaking, telling about losing loved ones. And yet the Democrats on the other side were starting to talk about Trump, talking about politics. They seem so disconnected from what the people were talking about and so insincere. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think when you look at Bragg and and you look at what he is the result of in general, and I know this is the hearing, but specifically, you know, all this, I think, really stems from Alvin Bragg and from his letter to his assistant district attorneys on the third day of his administration saying that he was not going to prosecute even some violent crimes here. Um, He is the result of a political push to radicalize our district attorneys all around our country. And sadly, the victims are people like we were talking about earlier, Madeline Bram, somebody who I've known now for a few years, who was one of the first endorsements for me in my campaign. She has an incredible story. When you hear about all of these people in New York, as violent crime has continued to soar over the last few years, it's a result of these lax policies. Are you surprised that Alvin Bragg, so far, he has just been fighting everything tooth and nail, uh, doesn't want anybody to testify uh, before Jim Jordan's committee. He doesn't even want to give it any credence. And yet the topic, especially of crime, and I think his track record, and I think also why he decided to suddenly pump up charges, if you will, against President Trump when he seems to drop it uh, off of, uh, you know, violent criminals. Um, I think it's fair game. Are you surprised how much he's fighting it? I'm not surprised that he's fighting it. I mean, I I expect him to do this because, uh, again, I think he's a a political animal rather than somebody who is uh, actually looking at just cases and trying to figure out what the right cases are to bring to protect the 2.5 
two million uh, residents of Manhattan, if you will. So I'm not surprised at all about it. And I guess sadly, unfortunately, and this is probably just seeing just how much our justice system has been politicized, I'm not surprised that you have some judges who are looking and saying, well, this is he shouldn't testify. He should testify in front of Congress. He was subpoenaed by Congress and he absolutely should testify. When you look at the direct result of his policies over the last couple of years, uh, as I said before, violent crime has increased in Manhattan under his watch. He should be held to account for that. And at the very least, New Yorkers and Americans deserve answers to questions that I think are really necessary to ask Alvin Bragg right now. What do you say, Andrew Giuliani, to the Democrats who said it's the safest big city in America? Well, I think you can thank, and I'm a little biased on this one, but I think there's a guy named Rudy Giuliani you can thank for that. I mean, one of the things that I've heard recently from the left is they've tried to kind of dismiss what I would say is the incredible uh, result of, of the Giuliani administration's policies on crime. And to Bloomberg's credit, Bloomberg uh, continued it. So you had 20 years of mayors that uh, were willing to put quality of life, willing to put New Yorkers, willing to put actually citizens ahead of criminals and do the right thing. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that I've also heard a lot is or one of the things I guess that I think should really be highlighted is uh, you got to look at the numbers in all this, right? And, and when I look at the Giuliani administration, when I look at the Bloomberg administration, you can just see that there were over 2,200 murders a year in New York in the early 90s. Those numbers went down to the low 600s by the time Rudy Giuliani left office and to the low 300s by the time Bloomberg left office. And that was because they actually were putting resources to our police officers. They were making sure New Yorkers' quality of life were in check. By the way, they were making sure New York was economically competitive. And that's why that's why New York has been the safest big city for a very long time. And thankfully, if you look, the murder rate has not gone up significantly over the last few years. We're starting to see it increase slowly. It was year on year. I think last year was the first year in about five years where it did not increase, but it's increased, increased, increased. But what we're seeing is rapes increasing. We're seeing grand larceny. We're seeing assaults increasing. All the other major violent crimes are increasing, uh, which makes me really concerned, Rita, when you also add to this. And this is the real big thing that I think a lot of people aren't focused on, but you have to look at when you see New York City. Right now, we are at the 20th years of the biggest classes in NYPD history. So basically, a lot of those guys are retiring. And because of the state of morale of the police department, they're ri- retiring right at their 20th, right at their 20th anniversary, basically, right when they're coming in. They're not, st- they're not staying any longer than they have to because they're looking and saying, hey, I'm not getting any support from one police plaza. I'm not getting any support from City Hall. I'm getting out of here. When you add that to the fact that our recruiting classes in the NYPD are so small that they're actually getting rid of standards like the mile and a half test, it's a really, really, really bad uh, combination. And I think New York could be at a precipice if we do not have the right leadership moving forward to press the right levers where we can see violent crime sadly increase a lot more than it even has over the last couple of years. And yet, Andrew Giuliani, I couldn't believe this recently, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, basically was blasting Eric Adams, the mayor in New York, over giving the cops raises, uh, well-deserved ones that they hadn't gotten in a long time. And she said, New York is defunding safety. 
in favor of a militarized NYPD. What's your reaction? I mean, that is crazy. It's crazy, but that's socialism for you, right? I mean, that that's the that's the idea that that AOC has pushed. That you know, to to AOC's credit, if you want to give her credit anywhere, she has sold herself exactly to what she is, which is somebody who really wants to completely defund the police, who does not believe in our economic system, in the free market here in the United States of America, in New York, which is kind of amazing when you think that New York really is the center of the commerce world. And for her to actually be an elected representative from that city of, of Wall Street, of, 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 uh, of really what is, what is the center of so much commerce uh, in the Western world. When you add that to it, it really is amazing. But as somebody who is, who is married, I know, Rita, I know your father, Escaped Poland, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, yep. and, and was freed by uh, freed by the Americans. You know, my wife is from Lithuania, and Lithuania and Poland are neighbors, next door neighbors, literally, and they have a very very similar story in terms of how they've seen communism right up front. So to see AOC when she says this, you know, I, I laugh because if I didn't laugh, I would cry because I've heard the stories from my wife's family, from my family about this. And uh, it's extremely scary. But it's, you know, look, it's what motivates me. I think it's what, what motivates all of us to get up each day when we're in this blue city and this blue state like this and continue to fight on because we cannot slip into uh, we can't slip into socialism, which really is communism life. You know, uh, you talk about also at least AOC was sort of transparent uh, for what she believes in. Alvin Bragg was also, too. And yet he got elected. I mean, when he was there running for district attorney, he said, oh, look, I'm going to get into, you know, criminal justice reform. I'm going to do this. Um, And then even on the campaign trail, he said, my goal, number one, is to get President Trump. Um, I guess he's true to his word if we can say anything. You know, you're absolutely right. He was. That's exactly. He campaigned. Uh, he he is who he says he was. I remember actually the day of election day in 2021. That morning, I was campaigning with Thomas Kenneth, who ended up running against Alvin Bragg. Great guy, would have been a spectacular Manhattan district attorney. And uh, look, at that point, you knew the demographics in Manhattan were so far up against him that, that sadly he really didn't stand a chance. But when I looked, when I when I looked at even the debate between the two of them. You could see somebody who who was a common sense man. He wasn't uh, I wouldn't call him uh, a Trump Republican like I would call myself, but somebody who was really looking at cases and and wanted to bring cases that were fair for the residents of Manhattan, for New York County. uh, And not like uh, this guy, Bragg, who sadly and and this is another thing when I think about it, I'm going to say who has accepted these donations from Soros. To, to hear people say, well, that is anti-Semitic, no, that's factual. He has. They have donated directly to his campaign, and Soros, through a PAC, funded that PAC. That means he accepted it. I don't care if you're Catholic, if you're Greek Orthodox, if you're Jewish. That's just the facts of the case there. But that also leads me to something else you read. I know I'm going on on this, but I really think it's so important. You know, I mentioned before Alvin Bragg having should have to answer questions uh, from uh, from the Judiciary Committee in Congress because the media, sadly, they are not pushing him on answering the questions that he should answer. And I think it's another example of how so much of the mainstream media does not lead these Soros prosecutors or many of these leftist politicians to account. They don't ask them the tough questions. And because of that, really, 
part of our system is broken when you look at it politically. I was reading an article just today about fact checkers and how so many of the fact checkers from the Washington Post, from CNN, have been actually funded by some of these leftist groups. So then that way they're biased. Uh, they realize their funding is coming from a place where they need to be very soft on the leftist politicians and they need to go after Republicans. Uh, that's that's not a way that's going to work when you look uh, at the importance of the media. And I know, Rita, yourself, you've been such a great journalist for so long. When I look at it, it's something that I wouldn't call my, myself a journalist as somebody who grew up in the political spotlight and worked in the Trump administration and uh, and campaigned. I, I, am, I, I bring my opinion out there, but I, I don't hide that. But I also look at my mother, and I have a great pride for her as a journalist, as somebody who, if I watch any of her interviews, I would never be able to tell her political leanings by asking the question of Republican, of Democrat. And that's really where I wish we would get back to when you look at uh, true journalism in this country. Yeah, I agree 1000 percent. And you're right. It seems like oftentimes we see the media sort of picking winners and losers. Um, and I want to get to also later on about Hunter Biden, because it's like, OK, well, they were happy to kind of suppress that. Um, by the way, I love your mom, too, and she is so fantastic. Oh, thank you. Do you think now voters, though, will are now maybe a little more educated because there's been so much attention about the role of DAs and the difference between a soft on crime DA, a Soros backed one, uh, whether it's Alvin Bragg or George Gascon in L.A., who's also, uh, you know, uh, left of the left. Um, you think about the guy in Philly all over the country. Do you think next go round voters are going to go, uh, well, they actually mean what they say and we want to have safe streets. We want to have safe communities. And maybe, you know, even diehard Democrats are going to say, uh, we want to be safe first. That's important. I think there are some Democrats, but I do think what Alvin Bragg looked at when he assessed uh, bringing these uh, very, very whimsical charges against Trump was I think he looked at two things. One, he looked at who was his major funding, and I mentioned that before with Soros. But secondly, he looked at the 81% of the vote that he got in Manhattan. Think about that. He got four out of every five votes that cast their votes in 2021. And I think he realized that, hey, look, you know, maybe that'll go down to the 70s, but I'm going to be safe. And there are enough people, there are enough radicals, sadly, uh, in Manhattan that will come back out and vote for me that I feel safe in my reelection. And uh, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but I just look at the mayor's race in Chicago and it's very disheartening. I remember saying the day after uh, Election Day when you had Vallis and Johnson going to the runoff and Vallis had, uh, I think, had a, in the mid 30s and Johnson had just cracked 20 percent. And I was very concerned at the time. I, I frankly thought Vallis would win. But I was very concerned that all of the crazies on the left, the Bernie Sanders, if you will, would come on out and push Johnson and try to get that uh, uh, coalition together of the radical left. And they did. And sadly, Chicago is just uh, I mean, you're going to have more and more people getting out of Dodge Chicago. It's going to be a race between who can who can leave New York or Chicago faster. You know what? And that is the sad reality. And in fact, uh, that's that's a perfect segue because I was going to ask you about Chicago, too. Stunning what we have seen. Um, in fact, in the last few days, all these teenagers out there, you know, protesting and the current mayor, Lori Lightfoot, who isn't even as far left as the mayor elect, as you talked about, Johnson, who's coming in. She first yeah. comes out and says, what mayhem? And then you've got Johnson, who's the mayor-elect, as you brought up, who said, mm-hmm. you know what, it's um, it's not constructive to demonize teens. Boy, is that bad news for the Windy City. 
It's bad news. And, and you know, you mentioned before how, you know, Bragg uh, is who he says he was. I said that about AOC. Well, well Johnson says that he wants to uh, disfund and, and d- d- dismantle the police. He said that at one point. So if that's the case, you really wonder, you know, because, look, at least at the very least, and I'm critical of Eric Adams often, but if, at the very least, Adams says some of the right things. And I believe deep down Adams actually wants to make the city a better place. I believe that he's, I don't want to say not capable. I think he's capable. I don't think he's willing to pull the levers that he has to pull to make New York a better place. I think that if he was to find the intestinal fortitude, he would be a good mayor. I just wonder whether or not he has the leverage to pull those levers, as I had said before. When you look at Johnson, on the other hand, I think you have a guy who really is a true believer who's saying the police are the problem when it comes to Chicago. And he might even really deep down believe that that murders increasing uh, year over year over the last bunch of years is because of the Chicago police and not because of the fact that you've actually hamstrung them. So it's, it's, it's very scary when you look at cities like that and you see mayors like him actually moving forward, especially when the, the incumbent mayor, Lightfoot, got voted out for that very same reason, and he looks like he's going to be even worse. Yeah, and you couldn't uh, get somebody to the left of her, and now you found somebody. And one of the things he said, Andrew Giuliani, too, is also that basically maybe social workers, we should have more social workers, essentially. And he's also used the phrase defund the police in the past. So what is he going to do? Uh, somebody calls 911, and he's going to send a social worker? I mean, that's a formula for disaster. I think you're right, Rita. I think that's honestly what he's going to do. It, it kind of it boggles the mind. And uh, like I said before, you know, it, one of the good things about uh, having Bloomberg uh, mayor after my father, I think my father always thought that uh, he was going to have a, uh, a a Democrat after him and maybe even a radical after him. And he almost had Mark Green, where you would have seen a lot of the Giuliani policies get rolled out. As much as the media wants to sweep the successes of the Giuliani and Bloomberg administration in New York under the rug, it really is out there for the record and the data and the numbers, they can't refute it. I always said on the campaign trail that every politician has a narrative, no matter what side you're on. It's up to the numbers and the facts to actually see if that narrative is fictional or non-fictional. The truth is, when you look at the successes of New York, and then you look at some of the other cities that temporarily adopted that, which Chicago did for a while, even in Los Angeles, they did for a while in the late 90s and early 2000s. You saw crime continuing to go down. There's a, there's a playbook that works. This is not going to take a genius in order to implement this. There's a playbook that works for any major large city in the country, but it means empowering your police. It means making sure you can protect them from prosecutors like Bragg who want to continue to put the cuffs on them rather than actually these violent criminals. Uh, and and uh, actually focus on on the on the welfare of our citizens and, and not this this radical idea that uh, that we want to continue to allow violent criminals to go out there. Look, I'm, I'm always happy to have a conversation about some nonviolent crimes in terms of how you can actually rehabilitate, because I really do think that is a big issue when it comes to. Uh, the correction system, right? You should look at people who committed nonviolent crimes and say, okay, look, you have to do some time, but more importantly, how can, how can we help you to become a better citizen when you come out? How can we make sure that you can have an economic opportunity? How can we make sure 
that you realize that you could be a better upstanding member of your community because you do that and all of a sudden it's going to help your police department in, te- in terms of you're going to have less criminals that you're potentially looking at. Um, but when you're talking about violent criminals and you're talking about repeat violent criminals, you're just talking about an absolute recipe for disaster. And that, sadly, is this tailspin that many many American cities are in right now. Yeah, it's almost like uh, Chicago. It's almost over. You know, and, and let's hope that New York is not over because of some of this lackluster leadership that we don't see now compared to uh, when your dad was there. Uh, we just pray because you want them, uh, you know, two great cities. They deserve you know, you to might- be safe. And Rita, you mentioned Chicago. You know, I know that John Katsimatidis, who, by the way, you guys do a spectacular job at five o'clock together. I love listening to the show. It really is like uh, like looking like looking into John's life in terms of everybody who's coming in. So many different topics you're talking about, whether it's economics, whether it's politics. Um, but you know, John has said he's not leaving New York. He's got the backbone to do that. In Chicago, I know of three billionaires that have decided to pack up and leave over the last nine months, and they've left for Florida and for Tennessee. Uh, I think, sadly, as we've started to see this in New York, I think you're going to see more and more of this from the blue state to red state divide, and you're going to see this kind of continuation of the U-Hauls going down 95 to the Floridas of the world. Yeah, sadly, really, really sad because we still want to keep, look, I love New York and I love Chicago, too. I mean, we want to keep it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I want to finish um, where we started because we were talking about the hearings in New York. And and finally, you know Madeline Brame um, because there are courageous people. I think about her and having guts of steel uh, going up there and speaking at a congressional committee um, and saying this is what happened in my son's case uh, that two of the killers, she says, got you know, basically a slap on the wrist and the case basically fell apart when Bragg's office took it over. Um, You know her. You know, I think about her courage to stand up and fight for New York. Is it going to take people like her to really turn things around? Because I thought her message was so heartfelt and just so powerful. Absolutely. I think uh, first and foremost, when you have somebody who has personally gone through what she's gone through, you know, it's tough for us to imagine what she's feeling. And, uh, you know, I just had uh, on my podcast, actually, my Red Apple Network podcast, not that Andrew, I just had somebody who dealt with uh, both of her sons being poisoned from fentanyl. She has an ability to tell a story about this uh, that is so heartbreaking. It's so heartfelt, um, but it really highlights some of the issues with our public policy at large. And it can get to the heart of, hey, you know, I know that you guys might be reading this on the paper, in the paper, or listening to it on the radio, but this is something that has personally affected me. And this can personally affect you if you actually don't take into account what is happening from our public officials here, like our Alvin Braggs. But but Madeline, in her story in particular, you know, she's been given the runaround for so long in terms of actually justice in her case. I I am really, really glad. And by the way, she is somebody who 
has come out to rallies, has told her story time and time and time again in the cold, in the heat. I am I am so glad that she is getting the recognition that she deserves because I think her story is going to save lives, and I think that's probably you know what motivates her on a daily basis. And by the way, she's also a person who everything that she's gone through, she still has this incredible faith and this wonderful smile. I don't know if, if I went through what she went through, if I would be half as positive as she is, but she's an incredibly optimistic person and somebody that I look up to and, and I think was incredible on uh, Monday during the hearings. Yeah, I agree. And certainly uh, just such an in- inspiring, courageous individual. I think we can all learn from her um, incredibly. Um, Andrew Giuliani, we love you. And by the way, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. Andrew Giuliani, thank you, first off, for everything that you do to keep us safe and everything your family has done to really keep New York and so many cities and really this country safe. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, Rita, well, we love you, too. And thank you so much for everything. Uh, I always love listening to you, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or whether it's with uh, John Katzenstees at 5 o'clock. So you got a big fan here, as I know you have a whole many around the tri-state area. Well, right back at you, my friend. Right back at you. I always love hearing you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Rita. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 